This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 590. We are 10 episodes away from that big 600 mark. Make sure that you go be a mark. Go check us out, markingout.com. Check us out on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you may listen to and subscribe. Buy a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com. Make sure that you... Yeah. Memorial 22 until Monday. Memorial 22 until Tuesday. Make sure you get that discount in there. No, it's Monday. Monday till Monday, (laughs) Monday, Monday. Also, make sure that you check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch, on Switch, on Snap, not on Snap, and every else that you may want to check us out on TikTok. Yeah, check us out over there as well because we're hip and trendy. We have videos on there of uh, Brandon dancing, so make sure you go check that out. (laughs) But as you hear from the laughter and the chuckles and the giggles, I am here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I am doing awesome as always. I hate the word giggles. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and it would be great if I introduced myself and myself and I and I am Dave the Rave. Make sure you check me out on Instagram and on Twitter. Brandon, tell me about your week. Well, I was absent last week. I went to Miami, Florida for a cruise, but we stayed over the night beforehand in a hotel. Grabbed some food at the the nearby hotel next. It was like a connecting mall. Okay. I guess where the residents stay. Uh Uh-huh. For for where they live in the hotel. Really wasn't anything to do there. Oh. It's like a kind of like a dumpy area. No offense, Miami. Trust me, they probably know already. The hotel near the cruise port, there's like nothing, literally nothing to do there. We we walked, there's a pier. We walked over there, and then afterwards, we literally just, we looped the hotel. And it's just like run down and not great. But the actual cruise, the, the first full day of the cruise to, um, took us to Royal Caribbean's private island in the Bahamas. And nice. I spent all day in a cabana with a ton of food, a bunch of soda and seltzer, which I think was definitely the best food on the whole trip. And there I was looking forward. I know I shouted it out a few weeks ago, the portobello mushroom sandwich. Uh-huh. But it was, I think it was a different sandwich. That's really disappointing. No, so but the- it was still good. It was, trust me, it was still really good. So no good food at all? On Besides the island, that? the the private island, fan, I, I can't say fantastic, but it was pretty good. I had funnel cake for the first time in years. But at night, that, that night of the, the cabana that we had, on the ship, uh, in the main dining room, I tried duck for the first time. You ever have duck? I have. What does it taste like to you? <sighs> duck, it tastes a little bit like Donald mixed with a little bit of Daff, Daffy. Okay. You know? Because I, I researched it beforehand because 
I read the menu and it said you could have duck and I've never had duck before. I figured why not? A lot of people on the internet were like, it tastes like steak. I don't I'm think like, it tastes like I'm steak. I'm like, that's interesting. That's interesting. So I tried it. It was duck a la lunge. And uh, go watch Cooking with Brandon. One of the episodes is is uh, chicken a la ecto. Same thing. And uh, I think it tastes a lot more like chicken than it does steak. I don't taste steak at all, but yeah, I thought I it was pretty good. It didn't taste gamey at all. So Yeah, I, don't, I think that um, it tastes more of a chicken than steak aspect to it. Yeah, and it's like I don't. I wouldn't go out of my way again to order it, but if I was on a cruise again and they it was like readily available, mm-hmm. sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, I, I always think that it's important and fun to check out the uh, the stuff on the menu that you normally wouldn't get anywhere else. Like last time I went on a cruise, I had escargot. Yeah, that I'm not. Um, I'm good on that. Yeah, you're good. You're good on that escargot. Yeah, I've never tried it. Never think I. I just I can't. But I, I tried a lot of the vegan options on the ship mm-hmm. just for the hell of it. I had a vegan tomato gazpacho. That was good. There was a vegan zucchini fritter. That was good. Um, the the next day after that, we were at sea, even though like we're super close to the Bahamas. Like We're in the Bahamas already, super close to Nassau, but they have us floating around in circles for the most part until the next day, but... That day I wanted to try. They have a taco place by their pool. Any good? It was decent. It's nothing I'd say was top tier. I thought the rice was the best part. Mm-hmm. But uh, what about dessert wise? What did they have for dessert? The dessert wise was like the most disappointing. Oh man, this even, this sounds like a total the, letdown in the food department. I think they make the food. Or I mean, I can't say that this for sure, but I think they might have like lesser quality food to make you and, and to entice you to to spend extra money to go to one of their specialty restaurants. Ah, that could I don't be. Know if that's if that's true or not, but yeah. When we got be. when we got to the Bahamas again, not really much to do there once you've been there. It's either going to Atlantis. You could go swim with pigs somewhere or tour the island or, or shop. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like, I mean, we did. We did get off the ship and we walked around to the stores and whatnot. But what am I doing there? There's really nothing there. And then it started pouring. So not really much there. And then the last day you're just sailing back to Miami. So yeah. it was it was nice to at least be there with my family. That's always like the big takeaway is that you get to be there with your family and, and you know, you get to uh, step out of uh, the racket of life at times. And, Even you know, my, my niece like refused to take photographs with me. That's so weird. Yeah. She's usually very like photogenic. Yeah. She was a big fan of my younger brother on this trip. Bummer. <laughs> Jeez. But it was a, it was a free cruise. So. Yeah, so that's still that's still awesome and really cool. We were we were originally to... supposed to be on a different ship. We were supposed to be two days at the the private island instead of Nassau. Uh huh. So it kind of I feel like maybe I would prefer to have just had the two days at the private island. Yeah, maybe that makes know. sense. But like mm-hmm. they updated this boat eh. recently, and like the elevators, they're all like touchscreen. 
and there's aspects that are are newer to the ship, but the room is just like to me is run down. Mm-hmm. We had uh, we might have been the only room to have it. We had like a funhouse mirror in our room. Yeah, you sent me that, and that looked. Uh... I, I don't know what that was about. That looked crazy. But uh, after the cruise, we headed right from the cruise port to the airport, sat for about five hours, and uh, then sat even more because the the plane was delayed due to weather. But thank God my brother had access to one of the the exclusive clubs in the airport because we got to sit there. We got to eat a limited food in there, so that was nice. Not that the food was, like, great, but... They had, like, Turkish meatballs. Those were good. They had falafel, tuna sandwiches and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. But we get on the airplane. I'm sitting there. I'm already into a movie, watching a movie, whatever. And we're waiting on three people to get on the onto the, the plane. Had we not waited for those three people, we would have been f- flying normal time. But we were delayed and... That sucked. I was able to watch two movies and uh, a stand-up special and some of AEW. Okay. So That's I'm pretty cool. Not, I'm not quite sure why we waited for those people. Yeah. So. Uh, that's lame. But it's also cool uh, flying down. I asked them. It was my birthday-ish. You get a free uh, a free cheese plate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a free they have like a different uh, a few different boxes to choose from or or a uh, an alcoholic beverage. But yeah, all in all, it's a it was a nice cruise. I think it was too short. I think mm-hmm. cruises should be like minimum at least a week. Uh, yeah, I feel like if you're going somewhere, make it worth it. But that's great, and now you are back. And you are back for some sports entertainment. But how was your week? Oh, it was good. <laughs> I went to New York City, you know, went down to uh, Greenwich Village. It was good. It was fun. What did you do? Play, play guitar? Mandolin? Yes, I did. And it was incredible. What kind of food um, did you get? I got a grilled chicken sandwich from a place called Fiddlesticks. Not hmm. too sure... Uh, if it's a, Would you recommend it? Um, no. I I mean it was good. It was it was loud though. <laughs> it was loud, and I mean I'm not really a fan of the candlelit kind of a deal. I oh, like it God. when you can actually. I see. hate candlelight. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I like shouldn't the... say I hate candlelight. I hate candlelight when I'm eating. Yeah. It's like they have I, those dine-in movie theaters. I don't want to sit there and eat in a movie. If I'm going to eat in a movie theater, it's popcorn. That's it. Yeah, no, I don't want that at all. Um, yeah, How but it was good. How am I supposed to like, sit there and eat a burger or something? Where's my mouth? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. No. I um, need to see my food. Exactly. That is exactly how I feel. But it was really good. It was awesome. But let's get on to some sports entertainment and talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Last week's episode, obviously I wasn't there. I was watching Monday Night Raw live in the uh, middle of the ocean, which was pretty cool. But when the internet was actually working, because the internet on the ship sucked. 
Ooh. But one of the things that took place last week on SmackDown saw the Usos pick up the victory over RK Bro to become the unified tag team champions. They had a killer match on SmackDown. Paul Heyman ends up distracting the referee. Roman Reigns gets gets involved and the Usos pick up the victory there. Matt Riddle opens up Monday Night Raw to say that Randy Orton's back has been giving him a tough time as of late and could barely walk going into their match on Friday. He wants to get revenge on the bloodline, but he's not sure when Randy Orton will be back. He's not sure if this is the end of RK-Bro. So I assume Randy Orton, I guess, is being written off TV for now. Yeah, they're saying that uh, that he's really having severe back problems right now. That sucks. Yeah, very uh, unfortunate to be hearing that, too. Yeah. You know? But the so first match, not as severe. yeah, the first match though saw Matt Riddle and the Street Profits pick up the victory over Sami Zayn and the Usos. Sami Zayn obviously uh, joining up with the the Bloodline to show his loyalty of sorts. Yeah, did you see but, the picture, the old picture of them all as kids together? I did. So like, I don't know <laughs> who, where did somebody find the picture of Sami Zayn like that? I don't that know. was really, really funny. But <laughs> Matt Riddle ran up to fight the Usos before the match even started. All six of them brawled. And I felt like there was, in this segment alone, I felt like there was a lot of commercials through it. But throughout Monday Night Raw, I felt like there were a lot of oddly placed commercials. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a fun match. Matt Riddle really, really took over the match and the fans were going nuts for stuff with Matt Riddle. Yeah, the they were going were... nuts that rope hung DDT that Randy Orton does. Matt Riddle did it. The, the RKO setup people went nuts for. Yeah, they loved him. And the Usos ended up leaving the match and Matt Riddle hit the RKO on Sami Zayn to pick up that victory. Yeah. They, they um, fans actually ate it all up. Yeah, after that, they announced that Crown Jewel will be returning on November 5th with a tagline, Legends Will Rise Once Again. Oh, <laughs> well, it looks like they're finally going to be getting Yokozuna. And under everyone's place in, uh, pu- pulling up the Undertaker Hall of Fame speech that says, Never say never. Yeah. who's Who I'm... could it be? Legends Will Rise Up Again. Well, I just Undertake, uh, Yokozuna. No, but like, who actually? Probably Undertaker. I mean, it, it, in these events, there's it has no limits as to what they will and will not do for that money. And you could hate the politics of it, but they've been pretty solid. That's that's the unfortunate for, for the a while now. It. They've been pretty solid. We've seen. I mean, obviously, the most. I think infamous match in Saudi Arabia would be DX versus Brothers of Destruction, which was unfortunate, but... Yeah. After that, uh, the Judgment Day came out. Damian Priest spoke about Edge helping them, and he told people to be who they are, and that they can help them, whoever wants to join, and they just have to help themselves. Rhea Ripley spoke about Liv Morgan, how she wants live to think for herself instead of listening to the fans. And then she asked Liv Morgan to join them. Edge said he wasn't uh, picked to sit at the top of WWE like John Cena was. 
He did it all by himself. And if anyone else feels the same, he basically wants them in the Judgment Day. And he named off people. He named off Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa. He named off Corey Graves, Alexa Bliss, Drew McIntyre, Liv Morgan, Finn Balor. And then he turned to AJ Styles and said AJ Styles should join them. That leads into their match. Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest picked up the victory over Liv Morgan and AJ Styles. The Bull Liv Club. That's what, what I'm going to go with. I dig it. I'll go with that. The Bull Live Club. Go for and, it. And uh, Damian Priest at one point saved Rhea Ripley from losing by pulling her out of the ring. Edge later on also saved Rhea Ripley from losing by putting her foot on the rope. AJ Styles, we see him from that spot go after Edge. Damian Priest goes after AJ Styles. And then... AJ switches it over to Damian Priest. So they're working it with each other. And behind the referee's back, the ref's looking at that. Edge helps Rhea Ripley. Liv goes for the oblivion. And he held on to Rhea Ripley's belt so she couldn't hit it. And Rhea Ripley got the pin and win. Yeah, and th- this was just a fun match back. I love seeing AJ Styles and Liv Morgan teaming together. Yeah. Like them teaming together. It, it- it felt right. You know, it felt like natural, like these two were supposed to be tagging together at some point, you know? Yeah, Liv Morgan, Bullet Club, Cannon, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but the Judgment Day beat Liv Morgan and AJ Styles down afterwards, and Finn Balor was not there. No. Apparently he wasn't backstage either. I wonder where Finn Balor was. Maybe he's taking his ball home. I don't think so. After that, we saw King's Court where Veer was his guest. Where was Monday Night Raw, by the way? I have no idea where Raw was that King was there. I don't know. I feel like they would have mentioned Memphis. Well, I don't forget the other home city of Lawler, too. Yeah. Veer was the guest, and Lawler asked him a bunch of questions, basically got no answers at first. And then Lawler started to insult Veer via Dominic and Rey Mysterio. And then Veer's like, I'm not here to joke. And he starts to intimidate Jerry Law. Intimidate? Did I say that word wrong? No, you got it. I don't know. For some reason, it sounded like intimidate. Intimidate? Like, nah, but it didn't sound like I said intimidate. It sounded like, in my head, I heard Jiminy Cricket. I didn't hear that at all. (laughs) Like, that was weird. I don't know. But he starts intimidating Jerry Lawler, and he kind of... Made it look like he was about to attack King, and the Mysterios made the save. And I, I was eating this segment up. I thought that, I thought that he did great on the phone too. On the Fantastic. phone, <laughs> on on the mic, on the horn. <laughs> yeah, on the on the on the speaking device. Yeah, did great on the horn. <laughs> you know, he he actually. I wasn't at first. I'm like, okay, maybe he's just not going to talk all that much. But he did great. Mm-hmm. Then no. And then the beatdown after, I mean, the one thing that was kind of like, eh, was where, um, what was it? Uh, he, well, it wasn't, eh, there's not much you can do about it. Where he tried to throw Rey Mysterio into the ring from the outside, and he couldn't get him over the top rope. But I'm sorry, not many people could do that. Brock Lesnar, big show, not many people else. Um, but there was it, that one part like where he, a hit or miss thing. 
It is. It is. There's nothing you can really do about that. But something that was cool that I liked was where he went for the, uh, he was in the uh, power slam, uh, body slam position. Body slam. No. Body press position. And then he gave Dominic the boot. Yeah. While he was still holding Rey Mysterio up. Yeah. I thought that spot was really cool. Yeah. And I like, this is like, I mean, obviously it was a long running joke with people and Veer returning to Money yeah. for Raw, but I think they've done no quite well building him up. I agree. I agree. You know, I think that it's been pretty good. But I think next he up- could potentially be like a WWE champion one day. I, I just don't see that currently due to who's champion. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to take time. Yeah, I'll take but time. But we did see Alexa Bliss interviewed, and she was asked about Sonya Deville, and uh, she kind of brushed it off as like Sonya having like the toughest few weeks, past few weeks, and then she brought up getting to face Nikki Ash and how they used to be tag team partners, so it should be fun for her. And then she went on to obviously defeat Nikki Ash. Dewdrop was there ringside with Nikki, but didn't factor in at all. And I yeah. thought maybe she was going to factor in afterwards, but not Nothing. at all. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it's going to be one of those things to where she's like, "You see what happens? This is what I'm talking about. You have to take these like people serious because if you don't, you're just going to keep on losing." And then she finally loses the superhero gimmick, or she goes <laughs> evil. And I thought we were going to see that take place later on. Yeah, yeah, but. After that, the countdown strikes zero and Cody Rhodes comes out for his match against The Miz and picks up the victory via disqualification. Seth Rollins spoke beforehand about everything that Cody Rhodes has gotten since coming back to WWE. And he's like, when, when will it end? And um, a, a lot of people are I see on Twitter are not happy that Cody gets a countdown. Yeah, why? To me, it makes perfect sense. Like, they're like, if people are like, oh, Cody returned to WrestleMania, and now look where he's at. And it's like, what do you mean? He's got this giant pyro <laughs> presentation. He's got a countdown for himself. Yeah, what do you mean, look where he's at? I he's mean, about he's... to be in a Hell in a Cell for, I guess, the second time now against Seth Rollins for a third time since returning. On television, yeah. at least. I think that's he's had a fantastic return to WWE. I agree with you. I mean, look who he's feuding with. He's feuding with Seth Rollins, who's uh, one of the top wrestlers in pro wrestling today. Um, and I think that that's just in- crazy. I think that yeah. the people that are not a fan of his return right now are just They're bots. Marks. They're bots. Yes, they They're are bots. obviously <laughs> bots. They're, you are the reason why Elon Musk isn't buying Twitter right now. You bought. Wait, he's not. I thought he bought it. No, not yet. He oh. he he's not going to buy it until they prove that five percent that uh, more than five percent of them aren't bots on Twitter, <laughs> something like that. But yeah. as far as Cody and Miz goes, I thought the match was kind of slow, and it really didn't work for me. Yeah, I got it. Which agree is with weird because like they've wrestled before. Miz was part of. Cody's last WrestleMania match with Zack Ryder winning the title there. But also Cody and Miz are like really good friends. So I thought it was just an odd match. Yeah, it just didn't go well. I don't know. Cody went to the top rope and Seth Rollins ran down, pushed him off, and then they brawled. Miz joined in. 
Seth Rollins, my my jaw literally dropped at the spot. Seth Rollins took the weight belt that Cody Rhodes gave to that kid. And then he used it to whip Cody, which I like I was actually shocked that that took place. And then after yeah. that, that whole beatdown took place, Cody limped back up the ramp and gave it to the kid. So I think that's pretty cool that the kid now has like a, a match used belt. <laughs> yeah, before it was just a a belt that nobody cared about, but now it's mash. I still think it's belt. cool, uh, cool like even yeah, if no, it's it not is. part of the match or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, but yeah, but next up is not Elias, not Elias. It was Ezekiel picking up the victory over Chad Gable with KO on commentary. No, not on commentary. He sat at ringside. Oh, he just sat at ringside. Commentary. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. He, I like he was that. Not Kevin Owens even pointed that out. He goes, "I'm not even doing commentary. I'm just sitting here." <laughs> yes, that is very true. What I did love is how he was still like com- he wasn't commentating, yeah. but he was like correcting the commentators. Yeah. Um, but... this match. I thought that this match was a good match. Um, I like the interference. That was taking place and everything. It was um, like funny interference, though. Like we saw Otis grab Ezekiel's leg at one point, and Gable yeah. was able to work on that. But after a little later on, Otis was up on the ring apron, clotheslined Ezekiel. The referee didn't see it, but when he turns around, like there's only one option for yeah. the way, like for Ezekiel to have been laying and on the mat like out. that. So he tosses Otis from ringside, and behind the referee's back, Kevin Owens sneaks into the ring and gets caught. And I thought that was so funny because KO was like a a deer in the headlights when he got caught, and the referee ejected him from ringside also, and I thought that was really funny. Mm -hmm. And then we saw Ezekiel take advantage of that whole situation and roll Chad Gable up to pick up the victory, like right after that. And... Kevin Owens lays out a challenge for Hell in a Cell, the pay-per-view, not the match, and challenges Ezekiel to to a match. Yeah. But next up, well, earlier in the night, we saw from the one and only Bobby Lashley. That's what I thought was weird with Monday Night Raw. We had a lot of, like, mismatched segments. Mm-hmm. Like, even when um, when the Judgment Day came out, they're like, now the Judgment Day. And I'm like, oh, oh that's yeah. awesome. We're going to have this match. And then literally 20 minutes went by before that match. The Judgment Day was just standing out there doing nothing. Yeah, I don't understand why they would have Judgment Day standing out there for us all and considering who they are. It's not like you're having Cedric Alexander stand out there. You're having Edge and Judgment Day, Judgment Day stand out there pretty much during a commercial break. Like, I don't mind this stuff with Lashley because, like, MVP wasn't ready for a match. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty all over the place. And we saw Bobby Lashley earlier in the night. After winning a steel cage match last week, he challenged almost to a match at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And he brought up... The Almighty Open Challenge, which sounded like it was his at first, but then almost an MVP came out, and I thought it was their challenge. So I wasn't like, I was pretty confused with that, but Bobby Lashley said that whoever wins this match gets to pick the rules of their match at Hell in a Cell. 
And I think it was supposed to be just like a random person. And then Bobby Lashley challenged MVP. And MVP Mm -hmm. sends almost down to the ring. And Lashley knew better. And he turns around, takes MVP out. And fast forward maybe an hour and a half or so later, MVP picks up the victory over Bobby Lashley. Almost nine months since we've seen MVP wrestle. So it was nice to see him back in the ring. Not that we saw him like wrestle much in this match no but we we did see almost get involved behind the referee's back and mvp we saw fake a knee injury so that contributed but bobby lashley he eventually takes over the match and did you even see that did you see that stuff about mvp where it was trending on twitter at some point where it was everybody was trying to guess what his name actually stood for but i don't know i don't think it was initially related to no i don't think so i thought it was i don't know if it was a, a wrestling fan that posted that it's like mankind was trending really mankind and undertaker were trending there was somebody like tweeted out like what's the greatest threat to mankind or whatever and a lot of people were like the undertaker <laughs> oh that's old <laughs> But I, old, what do you mean? Oh, that literally took place yesterday or whatever. No, that I've I've seen that before a few months ago with the mankind, and then the response was Undertaker. Well, that literally took place. Yeah. So then people are just reusing older stuff. Then, but the that MVP that I definitely thing, saw before the MVP was I yeah. I don't think that was wrestling related at first. I don't know. But now I, I don't is. know if it was wrestling related until MVP like quote tweeted it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, then we just hijacked it. You know, we, we? as in wrestling fans. Did you even <laughs> like partake? No, no. But I, I, I helped. I helped. Mm. You know, maybe it was actually. It could have been. Because now I see this tweet. One person says, "Here's a test for you. Without searching, tell me what MVP stands for." WWE Manager MVP. I'm talking about, but. That yeah, wasn't even it, the tweet. That's not even I mean, the tweet I saw. I saw some also, woman tweet it out. I mean, we also have, our, I think, our favorites uh, to whatever we are. To our what? trends and stuff. I mean, the trending stuff. Yeah, but I, I saw a woman tweet that out, I thought. so. I don't, I don't know. know. No. But yeah, so oh. MVP, Bobby Lashley gets counted out. And uh, MVP got locked in the hurt lock afterwards, but he gets to pick the stipulation for Hell in a Cell. Nah. Two on one? That's... What else could it be? I got nothing for you on this one. But... Earlier on in the night, Danny... Danny. Dana Brooke (laughs) spoke with Adam Pierce, and that quickly got turned into Becky Lynch talking to Adam Pierce about last week. Dana Brooke kind of just like brushed it off and left. And Adam Pierce sets up a rematch between Becky Lynch and Asuka because Asuka used the mist in the main event last week. And if Becky Lynch won the match, she'll be added to the match at the PLE. And later on, Asuka basically said that she's going to beat Becky again and turn her into big time baby. And Becky Lynch main event turns into uh, her picking up the victory over Asuka. Decent match. I like it. I, I and I like I like the hair and stuff. I like that Dana Brooke like stood up for herself against uh, Becky too. Yeah. With like I mean with that pre match stuff, the match itself with Becky Lynch picking up the victory over Asuka. I don't know it. 
I was kind of disappointed because I did not want to see Becky pick up the victory and join, make it a triple threat. And I, but it still, I, it, it still to me makes sense. Like Oscar did use the mist. Yeah. So she didn't win fair and square. True. But in That's this match, Oscar accidentally kicked Bianca Belair. Almost gets counted out. I thought that was going to be the end of the match right there, but she yeah. rolls back in and just laid there as Becky Lynch rolled her up to win. I thought that was such a weird finish. It was. It was definitely a very awkward finish. I don't know if they did it because of timing, because it did look like it was cutting short on time. Um, but it was just very, very weird end for this. Yeah, but that was Monday Night Raw. I'm going to let you get going. I know you'll be back later for, for some the closing moments of the show, but I'll do NXT how, and the rest of the How am I going to do that? Eh, magic. Wonka Vader, yeah. Magic. <laughs> yeah, sure, magic. But that was Monday Night Raw moving over to NXT, which opened with Tony D'Angelo backstage with his goons. Speaking about what Legato did last week and Santos Escobar using the brass knuckles in their match. And Legato has a match with Anofe and Blade afterwards. So Santos, watching Tony talk about him behind his back, the match goes on. And Channing stacks Lorenzo, Troy two dimes Donovan, pick up the victory over Idris Anofe and Malik Blade. Stacks and two dimes, to me, are, at this point, pretty generic. So nothing really stands out from them just yet. But in the match, D'Angelo caused some distraction, which worked out for them. And then Santos and Legato made their way to the ring. Didn't factor into the match. But afterwards, Tony calls them down to the ring. They brawl. And later on, he asked Legato for another sit-down And he said, this time we'll come to you. So that'll take place next week. Wesley was interviewed about what happened last week with Sanga. And to me, Sanga was very well-spoken last week. And he's like, I didn't mean any disrespect to Wesley. But Wesley took it as such. And that's why Wesley challenged him. Sanga goes on to pick up the victory over Wesley. Not a completely one-sided match. And it was really nice to see Sanga in this and actually pick up the victory. And he's not a bad guy. But it shows that if you step up to him, he'll go. And I like that. And afterwards, Zion Quinn shows up, applauds Sanga, and goes into the ring, gets into Wesley's face. Sanga pulls Zion Quinn away from him. And then helps Wesley up. So, do we see them... Maybe forming some sort of alliance. Maybe Nathan Fraser will will join them. But to me, this segment got better and better with that. And I'm a big fan of Sanga at this point. After that, we saw Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade backstage with Cora basically just hyping Perez up uh, to get to the finals to the breakout tournament. And then Cora Jade was like, I'm going to go watch the next match from ringside. Eat some popcorn or something. Next match, we see Alba Fire pick up the victory over Electra Lopez. Fire now comes out with a flaming bat, as one would expect, I guess. And she controlled a majority, like a big majority of this match, which kind of surprising that Electra Lopez was in a match like this. 
I didn't understand that, but she ends up knocking the popcorn from Jade's hands afterwards. I don't know what to expect with that. I wouldn't have put Electra Lopez in a match like that. After that backstage, you see the diamond mine where Damon Kemp was on the phone. And the Creed brothers asked where Roderick Strong was. Damon Kemp basically tells him that Roddy rolled his ankle. Matches off. I don't know what match it was. But the Creeds wanted to replace Roderick Strong. Damon Kemp said no. Them along with Ivy Nile looked annoyed. So I guess Roderick Strong was going to be facing a member of Pretty Deadly. As the the Creeds are going to be facing them for the titles at In Your House next week. So... That's all I could assume from that. I don't. I didn't see any advertised matches. Uh, but after that, they announced that Nikita Lyons is injured and Fallon Henley will be replacing her. Not replacing her. She has a bye in the in the finals of the NXT Breakout Tournament. And then Tiffany Stratton was annoyed that she didn't earn her spot. Fallon Henley told her to go get a match made official, and she'll take her on. We see Roxanne Perez first pick up the victory over Lash Legend to move to the finals of the NXT Breakout Tournament, which I guess you could describe maybe a David versus Goliath matchup. But it was a somewhat of a quick match. Lash Legend goes for a powerbomb. Perez reverses it with the Pop Rocks, picks up the victory there. Truly, truly incredible in the ring. Roxy, Roxanne Perez, fantastic. I'm very happy she's in NXT. I can't stop saying that because she's so, so good. After that, though, we saw a toxic attraction walking backstage. Mandy Rose spoke about uh, Indy Hartwell calling her out. Caden Carter, Katana Chance, attacked Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. That spills to the ringside area eventually during the next match. Mandy Rose just kept walking to go to her match. And she picks up the victory over Indy Hartwell. I don't... I didn't understand this. They have In Your House next week. Why was this match on TV this week? I didn't understand that. Indy Hartwell at one point takes JC Jane out. Mandy Rose uses that to her advantage. And needs Indy Hartwell to pick up the victory. Wendy Chu shows up. Knocks Mandy Rose out with a bag of balls. Holds up the title. I didn't understand that Indy Hartwell title match at all. It was rushed and it didn't make any sense to me at all. That was very confusing because it was like, I mean, it's Indy Hartwell. She was one of the most over people with Johnny Gargano and The Way, Dexter Loomis, Candice LeRae. And last week it's like, oh yeah, here's a challenge from Indy Hartwell for Mandy Rose. And then the week after it's like, yeah, here's the match, but nothing happens in it. Very confusing. But later on, Caden Carter and Katana Chance were interviewed. And they laid out the challenge for In Your House. Wendy Chu shows up. Also lays out the challenge to Mandy Rose. I I, I still, I don't like, why put Indy Hartwell in that position? To have a rush thing between her and then rush something else with Wendy Chu? Even though that's been building for a bit now, but like to just have this little tiny speed bump didn't make sense. But later on, Toxic Attraction accepted all challenges. So those are two matches set for In Your House. After that, the NXT Breakout 
tournament, we saw Tiffany Stratton pick up the victory over Fallon Henley to advance to the finals, which was a decent match. I like the, the bridge and submission move that Tiffany Stratton did. But when they did that segment in the back, it seemed like Tiffany Stratton was going to win. So I'm not mad that she won. Even last week when Tiffany Stratton was like pissed off that she wasn't in, she was talking to Grayson Waller. It seemed like once they aired that backstage segment on NXT this week, she was 100% going to the finals. But Grayson Waller ends up celebrating with her, and they have that connection there. Uh, After that, they aired a video package for Thea Hale, who graduated high school this week, which is pretty crazy. That WWE had a high school student wrestling on their program two weeks ago now, I think it was. Very, very insane. But WWE, in the video package, she said they're allowing her to go to college. And also train at the Performance Center. And next week she's going to make her college decision. So that's something interesting. I don't think we've ever seen that on program before. Like with WWE or... I I don't even know if we've ever seen that in professional wrestling. Where somebody's like, oh, I'm going to pick my school that I'm going to live on air. I I don't think we've seen that. But I'm here for it, whatever. After that, Von Wagner picked up the victory over Ikim and Jiro. Jiro gets right into the match and holds his own. Obviously, Wagner's able to overtake that, hit his finisher. And then Sophia Cromwell came out, points to the crowd again to, I guess, signal to throw Ikim and Jiro back into the crowd. And Josh Briggs made the save. And they brawled a little bit, but it was Von Wagner that took out Jensen. After that, we had the barbershop segment where Cameron Grimes ends up showing up and he just wants to talk. He hyped up Nathan Fraser being better than Carmelo Hayes. And as a way to train for their match at In Your House, he's going to be facing Nathan Fraser next week on NXT. Typically, I don't like these barbershop segments, but this one I thought was okay. After that, they aired a vignette for Giovanni Vinci. And given that this was all Italian, I think this is Fabian Eichner getting rebranded. We have not seen him in quite some time. He's from Italy. Um, I think Fabian Eichner might be his real name, so... It seems like it's likely to be him, and I'm here for it because I'm a big fan of Eichner. Earlier in the night, though, they showed two guys warning Braun Breaker about his locker room, and he busts in, finds a Polaroid of him and his family from 20 years ago, which is kind of weird. And then later on, Breaker is like, nothing Joe Gacy can do will break my focus. And just as he says that, a clip of him playing football airs which Breaker goes on to say it was a game that Rick Steiner promised to be at but couldn't make it due to being in Japan. And then Duke Hudson met up with Breaker to be like, I had nothing to do with it. Don't take that out on me. I just want you to be ready for your match. I'm ready for my match. And then Duke Hudson picks up the victory over Braun Breaker via disqualification. 
in the match, we saw Joe Gacy and the hooded guys show up to watch. And it was a decent match. Nothing too exciting, but Braun Breaker ends up attacking the hooded guys. Hudson randomly goes out to, to get a steel chair and use it, or I think maybe Gacy passed it to him, but he tried to use it, and Breaker takes it away. The hooded guys get back in the ring. Braun takes him out. And then he used the chair on Duke Hudson, I assume thinking it was one of the hooded guys. But I guess that was all, all to show that Joe Gacy might actually be in Braun Breaker's head. But I feel like there was another way to go about that. I did not really like the main event and closing of NXT this week. But NXT UK kicks off with Mark Coffey picking up the victory over Saxon Huxley. It was a short match, about four minutes or so, but it didn't really feel short because they packed a lot into it. I just would have liked to have seen Huxley's like craziness cost him the match. But the way that they're billing this is maybe a potential start to a singles run for Mark Coffey now. So we'll see what happens with that. After that, Lash Legend picked up the victory over Amelia McKenzie. And I understand Lash Legend winning, and I understand that she's controlling a majority of the match. But to me, it's not believable enough. Because Amelia McKenzie is billed as like this fighter, maybe an underdog, maybe not an underdog, but she's a fighter who's trained under Mako Satamora. And she's proven herself worthy to Mako Satamora. And I believe she was even on a win streak. So I did not really understand Lash Legend going over on her. After that, they aired a segment backstage with Kenny Williams basically going crazy over that Tiger Turan and a masked person stalking him. And Mark Andrews basically shows up and tells him, instead of focusing on this, you should focus on our match next week. That's the end of that. Shaw Samuels picks up the victory over Damon Kemp, who Kemp, by the way, controls most of it. This, to me, it's not like a Lash Legend situation. This makes sense. Noam Dar gets involved behind the referee's back, distracts Damon Kemp, and it cost him the match. Wolfgang backstage spoke to Damon Kemp afterwards and told him he'll have to learn how to do things the Glasgow way, which I don't know if it's like insinuating that he'll take him under his wing or something. I wasn't under the impression that Gallus was completely broken up, but here you have Mark Coffey doing one thing, you got Wolfgang doing another thing. And I think Joe Coffey took his ball and was like, I got to get going. I got to take some time off. Main event of NXT UK saw Charlie Dempsey pick up the victory over A-Kid under Heritage Cup rules, which was a great technical match. Dempsey ends the the third round with a submission, picking up the first win in that match. A-Kid ties it up in the next round after hitting a half-Nelson suplex and a running kick. And then in the fifth round, A-Kid hits a fantastic moonsault DDT, runs out of time during his cover. And he starts off round six, super hot, huge dropkick to the corner, few other moves, But Charlie Dempsey ends up grabbing some brass knuckles from a towel. And while the referee was throwing the towel out of the ring and distracted with that, 
Dempsey tosses him the, the brass knucks, trying to pull an Eddie Guerrero. And while A-Kid is like distracted with trying to convince the referee that he did not use those on Charlie Dempsey, Dempsey hits him with the power of the punch, a nod to his father, and wins the match after a regal plex. Fantastic match. And that's NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. The Usos opened it up, basically uh, thanked Roman Reigns for allowing them to beat RK-Bro on their own, and they spoke about celebrating 12 years with WWE, and they also got a little bit serious. They thanked the WWE Universe, and they had people actually chanting Uso, and uh, instead of people booing, then, just like that, they flip it, got people booing, just uh, just telling people they didn't need anybody. They got they got to where they did by themselves. They didn't need anyone. And uh, I thought that was great. Nakamura came out and said that he and a, cha- a partner of his want to challenge them for the tag team championships. His partner wanted to do it himself, but he wanted to join in. And then it was Riddle who came out. This led to a brawl between them. I guess I'm going to dub them Nakamura, bro. And they came out on top. And Riddle said that it was actually Randy Orton's idea for them to team. So that should be, I guess, a way to have them on, or Riddle on SmackDown, to have him do something while Boogs is injured, to have something while Randy Orton's injured. After that, Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez went to a no contest, which I didn't understand them doing that match again at first. But backstage, Shotzi Blackheart questions why the women's locker room is getting passed over for Raquel Rodriguez. Natalia was there, Shayna Baszler, Zia Lee, uh, Aaliyah. Uh, she and Zia Lee ends up leaving. But Shotzi convinces Natty and Shayna Baszler to go to the ring. She herself gets locked in the, the locker room by Aaliyah, which is what Shotzi did to Aaliyah the, the, what, two, two or three weeks ago or whatever. Shayna Baszler and Natalia end up interrupting the match. It turns into a tag team match. Ronda Rousey and Raquel Rodriguez pick up the victory over Natalia and Shayna Baszler. I liked the, the spot when Natty had the sharpshooter locked in on Ronda Rousey, and she didn't realize that Raquel got the tag in, so she got to uh, attack her from behind. I like that spot. And then we got a little tiny horsewomen tease, but nothing actually between them. The bigger thing, I guess, maybe maybe a little big thing, is the uh, Chingona bomb is now the Tejano bomb, which is fine, I guess. Um, but I don't know who the next challenger for the Women's Championship will be. After that, Los Lotharios picked up the victory over Jinder Mahal and Shanky. When it came time for Jinder to make his entrance, Shanky was nowhere to be found, so he goes backstage looking for him and finds him in the locker room dancing. Los Lotharios, their focus in that match was on Samantha Irvin before and after the match, or before and during the match. And Shanky at one point bops Angel on the head, dances on his own, super kicks him, and Humberto somehow still manages to get the victory over there. Jinder was was distracted with that, obviously pissed off at Shanky afterwards, and Shanky's just like, talk to the hand, so... 
Seems like they're turning him face and Jinder's going to stay a, a heel. The fans were chanting Shanky. After that backstage, Max Dupree approached Adam Pierce about his contract. And Adam Pierce said he spoke to the higher-ups and it's a go. The contract stands, so maximum male models will be able to start recruiting on SmackDown. We had the KO show with a guest being billed as a member of the Bloodline, so I could only have assumed that it was Sami Zayn. It turned out to be Sami Zayn. And he asked Sami to go to Raw with him to call out the Raw locker room. And Sami turns him down because he's the SmackDown locker room leader. Kevin Owens quickly turned on Sami. Because he's a real friend. He want, he's he knows the bloodline are like using him. Kevin Owens introduced the bloodline to have them come out, and it proves his point. They do not care about him. Sammy walks off disappointed and sad. Kevin Owens chases after him, tries to get him to come back to him and, and go to Monday Night Raw. Sammy pushes him and, and says no. I thought it was a really, really good segment. It ends with Kevin Owens attacking the set guys. And then later on, Sami Zayn questioned the Usos about what happened and what they think of him and pitched actually joining the Bloodline as an honorary member. And they okayed it and walked off. So they still really kind of don't care about him. After that, we saw Ludwig and Gunther pick up the victory over Ricochet and Drew Gulak. This was a nothing match. Imperium... Super hot in NXT. Maybe when Gunther comes up to the main roster. But now they get like no reaction. They continue the beatdown on on Drew Gulak after the match. But why is the Intercontinental Champion in a tag team feud? I don't get that. But earlier in the night we saw New Day interviewed backstage because they have this big mystery tag team partner to face Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch. And I saw a bunch of people saying that they think it could be Tyler Breeze because Xavier Woods posted a picture of them together recently. And they did not give it away in the interview because they want the element of surprise. And it was a really fun promo. Tyler Breeze was uh, not in the match, though. (laughs) And it was New Day and Drew McIntyre who picked up the victory over Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch. Of course it was Drew McIntyre and not Tyler Breeze. The match itself I thought was okay. I think with McIntyre winning, uh, uh, returning, it seemed like it was obvious as to who was going to win. But I didn't expect for him to give the victory to Xavier Woods. He hit the Claymore and tagged Xavier Woods in to hit the, the elbow drop. So I thought that was pretty cool. Overall, uh, SmackDown could have been so much better, but it also could have been a lot worse. And we've seen a lot worse recently. This was not a terrible episode. But that SmackDown. Going to take a quick break and be right back here on Mark it out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your hero, Chris Hero, and you're listening to Mark and Outs. Back on Mark and Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. It is episode 590, and Chris Two Pods is here today. Uh, as of this week, I'm not only on Mark and Out, but I'm also on FFC, Filthy F and Casual. So uh, thanks, Ryan, for having me on. So I'm here, Brandon. Brandon, hey. How are you? 
You didn't. You're supposed to say, "Hey, back." You don't watch Hey EW? Come on. I wait. I'm sorry. What? You don't watch. What hey is that EW? on Hey EW? It's Hey EW. It's it's RJ, never... it's RJ it's RJ City's like talk show on the YouTube uh... channel. It's the, one of the funniest things in the world. Yes. And RJ City's outstanding. They had last week was with Art Anderson, which is just so funny and awkward. I highly recommend everybody go and watch it out. But so let's try that again. Where does First, it air? Uh, it's on their YouTube channel. Everybody check out AEW's YouTube channel. Yeah, I know because you can watch Dark and Elevation. Oh wait, don't, don't, according to Brandon, don't watch Dark and Elevation because you know the announcers don't care about it. But no, I don't say don't watch Dark and Elevation. But if they don't care, why should anybody care? They, uh, dude, there was a a. Um, a bunch, sort of say something that looked like it was like really bad could have been edited out, but they just leave it in. It makes no sense. I don't know why they're like All throwing right. other people under the bus. I I didn't unfortunately I didn't watch it because I listened to you. But hey, right, there we go. Finally, <laughs> hey, there we go. So uh, you're back. We're back here. Um, I really have nothing to talk about for my week. I saw, I saw Dave this week. We went out to dinner. Um, and Dan's in town, so we saw Dan also. And had a great dinner. Um, saw him for his birthday on Wednesday. And then uh, and that's it. So let's talk about uh, wrestling. Professional wrestling. And let's start off with All Elite Wrestling. Rampage from last week. You had the House of Black picking up the victory over Fuego Del Sol and Evil Uno in 10. Uh, after this match, you saw the Death Triangle come onto the ramp. And reveal a tombstone saying House of Black and having the Double or Nothing logo. So it set up their match. We've been predicting it for months. Yeah. Double or Nothing. House of Black versus uh, the Death Triangle. It sucks that Stu Grayson is no longer with AEW, though. It, it does. Especially him being one of the, the original members of the Dark Order. But, hey, listen. He said he's open to coming back. It's just their, you know, their contract. And uh, they didn't meet a CI eye on the contract. So... And I still really don't get Fuego's involvement with them, but they just need uh, because I guess, I guess they're helping helping a buddy out here. Uh, after that, though, uh, we found out Anthony Bowens is out with an injury. Unfortunately, what a great backstage promo this was! Yeah, I thought the this gun was club hilarious. and Max Caster. Nothing came from this, but it was fun. It was funny. Will it just showed you that Billy Gunn doesn't like prefers Max Caster over his own sons. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Billy, I said this, I think it was last week. Billy Gunn seemed like he's having like the most fun, or yes. two weeks ago, actually. You when, gotta watch him on segments. AEW also. Yeah. Yeah. So after this, you have Sean Spears picking up a victory over Big Damo. Former FKA, Killian Dame from NXT and WWE, making his AEW debut. And it worked because Sean Spears is going up against. Giants. Last week he went up against Bear Boulder. This week he's going up against Big Demo. And Sean Spears, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, take it, Brandon, so I can take a swig of water. I don't think it worked for him to defeat a new talent that is Killian Dane, a huge guy in under two minutes. Doesn't make sense. Somebody like Bear Boulder makes sense because Why? he's not he's... used in AEW at all. Bear Boulder is used in AEW. No, he's not. Yes, he is. What are you talking no, about? Okay. Bear Boulder, they are not used in AEW. When's they're the last time we saw him on television? Oh, if you watch, if, if you watch uh, Dark and Elevation, they're featured on there. They had That's a good... Again. Different. Okay. Again, not uh, completely I, I, different. I, I, Killian Dane, you don't debut somebody new. It's like John Morrison. If you intend to bring him back, uh, 
Maybe John Morrison doesn't really want to come back. I don't know. Tony Khan's like, oh, of course we're going to have John Morrison back. Yeah, you can have other people back. You can bring guys in and then bring them in again. It doesn't have to be like, oh, but they're debuting. They're all elite. No, bring like them in. The, the match, this match itself I thought was fine. But him losing in under two minutes to a debuting, with being a debuting talent, I thought was just, I, I did not get that. But because you're telling the story about how Sean Spears is the giant killer. It was going into this match on Wednesday against Wardlow. Wardlow's a big guy, and it was just showing off that Sean Spears can beat Giants. He got a shirt out of this whole thing on, on uh, AEWshop.com. Um, you know, and after the match, he said he, he told everybody I was Wardlow's kryptonite, and two days ago he left him in the ring, proving he's not Superman, and he said no Wardlow will be locked in the ring with the giant killer Sean Spears. So it was a way to... Hype more up the steel cage match that happened on Dynamite. Um, next up after this, you had the uh, Undisputed Elite backstage, and the Bucks challenged the Hardys to a super kick party at Double or Nothing. So seeing this dream match of the Hardys and the Bucks, how did they, they keep w- calling it a dream match? It ha- it's happened before. It happened on Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has been a dead company for a very very long time. <laughs> what? <laughs> What do you mean? The main event of AEW this week was Ring of Honor. But uh, before the AEW purchase of Ring of Honor, do you re- do you remember that match at all? That Ring of Honor match between the Bucks and the Hardys that they had like three hours before they debuted at WrestleMania? No. Was it no only one, one match? I yeah. think everybody does. But it wasn't seen, and I said this on FFC this week, you're seeing this dream match on a grander scale than what it was. That's why they're hyping this up. Is everybody watching Ring of Honor? Was everybody watching Ring of Honor television? And what was that? 2000. It's happened multiple times. I know, but it hasn't been on the grand scale like a double or nothing, like a big pay per view. That's why they're making this important. I don't know. I mean, the Young Bucks picked up the they 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 won the ROH tag team titles from the Hardys. Yeah, because they had to take them off because they were de- re debuting at WWE three hours later. And vice versa, the Hardys won it from the Young Bucks. I, I would, that was a huge deal in two thousand seventeen. I want to say yes, two thousand seventeen, but it wasn't as seen as, as I don't think now. this That's is my bigger point. right now. I don't think this is bigger than you don't think was. anything's bigger. All right, let's let's continue I don't. on. Uh, next up, you had Chris Statlander, who uh, is kind of a sub-in in the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament, picking up the victory over Red Velvet. Um, push Chris Statlander to the moon on this because she showed that she is a powerhouse. I loved – yes, okay, I know what you're going to say. Oh, when she had her up for the Gorilla Press and she was – That was awesome. What... I, I love that spot. Wow, I thought you'd be like, wow, no, she was – Red Velvet was posting on her other shoulder, so it wasn't no, really – How that, else but... is she supposed to do that move? Just Chris Statlander being a freaking beast. And it was I great. Mean, that's, <laughs> that's how you would do it. I wouldn't if she was just leaving her there like limp, that'd be I don't I don't think that'd be possible. But uh, after the match though, the baddies come and attack Chris Statlander. Ruby Soho runs to the ring to even the odds, and uh Jade Cargill uh neutralizes Ruby. And then Anna Jay comes out, grabs Mark Sterling's crutch, which I thought was hilarious. And then forced uh, Jade out of the ring. So it, it, there's a lot of storylines going on here where, you know, next week you're going to see Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. Then you have the Anna J-Jade Cargill feud. So a lot of moving parts within this match. 
it's very, very unfortunate that, I don't know, I guess they, I mean, ultimately AEW let Hikaru Shida go to Japan. Yes. But I, I mentioned this last week on the show. There was probably a disconnect, or there probably wasn't a lack of communication between the AEW uh, writers or whatever they do, and Hikaru Shida to kind of say, hey, listen, we're going to write you off TV. Maybe she didn't know that. She just found out, like, I'm not hurt. I'm not injured because you know the I'm internet. working two-hour matches. Of course I'm not injured. Yeah, for sure. So It's just um, unfortunate because, to me, the finals 100% should have been Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm. Yep, and it's not. So we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Uh, I don't want to talk about this long because I'm sick of Tay Conti and Sammy Guevara. They uh, I thought you were about to talk about Hookhausen. (laughs) No, Hookhausen's great. I'll talk about them all day. And their training montages? Yeah, Hookhausen, Tony Nese, and Smart Mark. Great. But, uh, yeah, Sammy and uh, Tay destroyed the TNT title. Which, So. so... so yeah, Scorpio Sky wants the championship back, and then Sammy Guevara right, and Ty Conti they show really up on care. the screen. But they they show up on the screen. He wants the mixed tag team match and give it to me, or else I'm going to do this. And then he continues to go ahead. He proceeds to smash the TNT championship. Kazarian shows up and smashes it. So I don't know if Kazarian is now a heel. That didn't make no, sense. He smashed and then, it, and Scorpio is like the the heel in this. Well, but Sammy and Ty Conti are clearly hated to the fact that they're they're. I cannot say that they are faces. That you have like in this circumstance, they're not getting cheered at all. I know There's because nobody because, cheering because for them. nobody likes them. That's why they're trying to per, they're trying to portray them as a baby as baby faces by oh hey look at us we're gonna beat up the bad guy's title so he has to get a, so there has to be a fifth incarnation of the TNT title. But it's not working, and they're still trying to go with this to think that, like, oh, maybe they'll get over somehow, and they're not getting over. It's annoying. It's obnoxious. I don't want – they're annoying. And, like, and the, they have to portray them as heels that people aren't going to like, and it's just not working. The dumbest part of all of this, two weeks ago, we know there's another TNT championship that Scorpio Sky had. Yes. He gave it to Dan Lambert. So maybe Dan Lambert's getting that one, fixing it up. Well, no, because fast forward to Dynamite, he told him he's getting a new one. Have a custom made. Everybody has their own custom title. Every single person that's ever had the title had their own version of the title. Maybe that, but that's been the only title that's gotten custom titles. Yeah, but so, but still, like that—that's a cool aspect to this to the TNT show. Oh my god! Oh my god! John Cena brought out a spinner title. No, that's awesome. That's a lot different. Why is that a lot different? He brought the United States title was his own custom they did spinner stuff. title. They did stuff. Edge with made the, his own spinner the rated US R championship. title. They did, that it meant something in that A-E-W feud. W hating Twitter. No, cap. it meant something in that feud. Okay, so maybe it, it was a hundred percent. Everything was something. When Miro did it, it meant something. Yeah. When okay. everyone else did it, it meant absolutely nothing. Who else had custom titles? In in AEW. AEW. Yes. Miro had it, well, so which was awesome. Cody, Cody has the unfinished one. Yeah, but they, that gets they, smashed but, but up also, by Brody dude, that's, Lee. That's and, a different. And, that was a different time. No, we I'm, were in I'm the saying, middle of a pandemic. Saying, no one could get anything. I'm saying done. though. I'm I'm saying he had the the original one was unfinished. They yeah. finish it up. That's fine. He he carries that one. Brody Lee smashes it up. Yeah, 
He, he then has a brand new one and they retire it. That's a hundred percent completely fine. They bring in a new title. Yes. Okay. Which the black strap. Yeah. Okay. Who is the next champion after that? Darby. So Darby Allen carries his own title, which is essentially the black strap. Yes. Then Miro gets his own championship. Okay. And it worked within the, the gimmick, which you, you just said was awesome. Right. And then right. Sammy Guevara, Cody Rhodes, they each, for whatever reason, interim championship. Then they, I, did they bring back the other? No, they had a, was it a black championship then also? Yeah, they had the black and they had the red one. That was one. A, another new one. So no, it was the black and the red one. They just brought back the red one. I can't believe we're arguing over titles. Who cares? It, it, custom title. Maybe Scorpio Sky is going to keep it for a very long time now. Where and Hopefully. he rightfully deserves it. Hopefully. That championship has not done anything since Miro. I have to, I will disagree with you on that. Because you can kind of say that they've put a lot of Yes, Sammy Guevara got his moment to shine when it came to the faces, when it came to like, you know, when he was a baby face before they ruined him with Ty Conti. Um but I don't think it 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 has done nothing. It's been one of the maybe more defended titles. In AEW, it has been it has been defended, but the, yeah, as soon as they did that every... interim championship, that that to me that cuts it that that throws that out the window. All right, cool. Once WWE does an interim champion, no, uh, because when WWE did the interim championship, it made sense. It when... wasn't a week. Cody Rhodes was out for a week. I know, but they... Jordan Devlin was out for months. He could yeah. not come to the United States. They had him defending it on NXT UK. They had Santos Escobar defending it on NXT. Then they combined the championship. It made sense. Okay, that made sense. One week. Okay, because why? Because it was one a week, week rather than several months? One week made no sense. He was out because of COVID protocol. Yes. That made no sense. Ring of Honor. He Deanna was... Perrazzo defending the title literally all over the independent scene. Can't make a pay-per-view. We'll, we'll do an interim championship. Yeah, so why that not? That makes no sense. Okay. And I think she, as a champion, deserved better than that. Obviously, Mercedes Martinez was going to be winning that ultimately because Deanna Peraza is not signed to AEW. She's an independent. She is a impact contracted talent. Yes. Right. In that sense, it made sense. However, I think you could have had that at like double or nothing or whatever the last big event was. The last big event was not double or nothing because that's this weekend, Lawrence. Well, I'm saying double or nothing this weekend or whatever the last big event, whenever they had that title match on the on Dynamite. But that was, I think, a very well-hyped up... What, no? Wasn't that a very well-hyped up... Well, every Dynamite's hyped up, and they do a good job about it. But let's stop worrying about championship titles and what you believe, and let's go to the main event. Blackpool Combat Club picks up the victory over Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. So, uh, another way for the Blackpool Combat Club to shine. Uh, you have Jericho and Hager ambush Moxley and Danielson after the match. Santana, Ortiz, and Kingston ran out to even up the odds. And uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society brawls to end off the show. So, and Brian Danielson somehow got his foot stuck, and nobody knows if that's a work or not. Uh, I mean, if you looked at the, they had that elevated ramp. It was like between the, it was like between the ring and the apron. So yeah. he, he could have accidentally fell down. You know, wrestling's a, you know, wrestling is a, a hard hitting sport. Do you and... think it's? I don't. I. Because nobody knows if it's a work or not. Do you think they could have done that to like give the Jericho Appreciation Society maybe look like they have the upper hand? Oh, absolutely. So, 
So that was uh, AEW Rampage. So next up, we go to Las Vegas. It's the three-year anniversary of AEW episode of Dynamite from the Michelob Ultra Arena in Las Vegas. You kick off the show with a steel cage match where Wardlow picks up the victory over the chairman, the giant killer, Sean Spears, with MJF in old-school Shawn Michaels referee attire (laughs) as the referee. With Burberry stripes, might I add. Yeah, I know. God bless that uh, seamstress that put that thing together. Um, um, it was great. I thought, you know, it, it, it. again, it was predictable, but things, you know, they really told the story in here. You know, where... I thought the match itself worked. It did. The whole match. The, 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 the ending doesn't work for me. Why does the ending not work for you? So, well, you, you go through the whole match. MJF... Make couldn't find the key. Yeah, so because he that makes so Wardlow that start the match. Do you real? Do you did you realize though that goes back to revolute? Was it revolution with the CM Punk match where he did the same mannerisms? And I think they called that on commentary. They said, "Oh yeah, back at Revolution, you know, Wardlow couldn't find the key for uh, you know, the the dog collar or whatever it was, or the di- he couldn't find the diamond ring. So he did MJ after the same thing. Oh, can't find it. Uh oh. So that. Then, that obviously that works, and then MJF yes. attacking Wardlow that a hundred percent works. It 100%. makes a hundred percent sense. Wardlow breaking out of the cuff shows that he's a beast. Yep, absolutely fantastic. MJF obviously refusing to count for Wardlow. And I like, but I like though he does the one, the two, and then he sits there. He just gives him like the 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 face you did at that bar one night with, when you put your hands on your uh, <laughs> hands on your chin. You're like, hey. yeah. That's funny. It was very funny. <laughs> so that works. Him counting fast for Sean Spears works. Did you? I don't know. Understand in in all AEW cage matches, can you leave the cage, or was it just this specific match? I think I, it was I wasn't this, aware this specific of that. match. So Sean Spears leaves the cage and grabs a chair, hits Obviously. MJF by mistake, which works. right in the head. I think that that's with everything we know. I don't know. That shouldn't be doing. Okay, maybe place. maybe there's a worked chair again. Is that a thing? I don't know. Well, that was the whole when Cody got hit in the head with the chair. He had to go. He had to go around and be like, "Listen, it was a worked chair, everybody." Yeah, but that's not a legit thing, right? Uh, maybe the thing I was dented. Know. So maybe was Wardlow, like Wardlow hits his power bomb symphony. Yeah, great. And he takes out MJF. the The actual stipulation of the match was MJF. I am the referee. I make the decision. So Bryce coming down to make the count, to me, that's where it falls apart. You need to have some sort of referee in there to make the count. I understand that. So and if you understand I that, then like what's Wardlow, the point? What's the problem? Well, because that right there is not the stipulation. So therefore, the match at double or nothing, that's not an accurate thing. Wardlow but, should not have his match with MJF at the pay-per-view. Because but here's he the not... thing. Here's the thing now. Now you can work that into this storyline. MJF could come out of double or nothing and say, this match is not I hope happening. They do. Like that could work. And then, you know, he's contractually, he won the match. So he, so he, Wardlow won this match. So he can go on to say, Hey, I won this match. You still face me regardless of who the referee. You were the referee. You got knocked out. Another official had to come in. And then maybe you have Bryce Remsburg be the referee in that match. So then you'll have some sort of interaction with MJF and Bryce that costs MJF the match. I mean, I, I think he's going to just get demolished. 
at MJF double or nothing. Will. Yeah, MJF is going to get completely demolished at double or nothing, but we'll see. I think if that if all of that doesn't happen, I think they could have gotten around it by having Wardlow do the count himself with MJF's arm. True. That would have been smart too. Okay. Wow, Brandon. The, the first thing that I think I agree with you with you today on this podcast. Well, uh, up next we saw CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page face to face, where Hangman wants to embarrass CM Punk, but he then changed his mind. He kind of brings up CM Punk being vocal over Sasha Banks and Naomi and the workers' rights and everything, and claims that CM Punk does not do that in AEW. Keeps to himself. He's all about himself. He's a curse word that we're not going to say on the, the show. Why not? And uh, something that Eddie Kingston agrees with, something that MJF agrees with, something that CM Punk himself kind of says. But CM Punk brings up that everything that Adam Page has is because of him. He paved the road for guys like Hangman Adam Page. He paved the road for everybody there. Um, everything happens because of CM Punk and CM Punk. He just wants a little handshake and Adam page sitting there thinking about it pushes Adam page. So Adam page decks him. I want to say, I don't think that everything that CM Punk has done paved the way for all elite wrestling. Um, have some of it. Yes, absolutely. But, and you, you, for, you forgot and Hangman Page said very specifically in this, he's not doing this for himself. He's not doing, he's doing this to keep the AEW championship off of CM Punk. So, again, it's, you know, both these guys, I mean, Hangman Page, very over babyface. They're trying to make CM Punk a heel in this, but, you know, he's very beloved. But Do you again, think CM Punk should have the championship come double no, or nothing? No, I... I've said I've said this several times. The next AEW World Heavyweight Champion needs to be MJF. Hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. He needs. And then to win after it all that, out. he loses you it have... to CM Punk. <laughs> no, not even that. You probably win it back to Kenny Omega the next night. Uh, lose it to Kenny Omega. I, I really, night. I do hope that CM Punk doesn't carry the the AEW Championship. I wouldn't mind because it. I feel like if he does win that championship, it'll be f- so like force fed down people's throats like Kenny Omega was. Uh, yeah, that's but also- that's a big worry because Hangman Adam Page, this is the 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 AEW champion going on second here. Yeah, we've seen it where it's not really been when he, when he's AEW champion, the focus has not always been on Adam Page. No, because even they, like the what was his first title defense was Brian Danielson, and it was maybe uh, it went to a draw. But like the first title defense wasn't because of Adam Page; it was a, a Brian Danielson was the hype. Yeah, because he, uh, one of the best wrestlers in the world comes in, wants a shot against the AEW champion. It, it, I feel in Adam Page's championship run, it's been getting better and better and better. And this, I don't want to say this is like his peaking point, but like the the mic work that he's doing, that that scathing promo he had on Wednesday was outstanding. So it's like he keeps getting better and maturing as a champion. And that's why I would like to see him go over CM Punk because absolutely, then it only adds to his list. 
Again. I've I've defeated Brian Danielson. I've defeated your beloved CM Punk. Yeah. So then in that sense, that that's what works. Yes. Absolutely. Earlier in the night, we saw the Jericho Appreciation Society backstage where 2.0 made fun of some dude wearing a John Moxley t-shirt. Jericho randomly throws a fireball in the dude's face. <laughs> yeah, he's the wizard. Did you see that uh, sick new Chris Jericho the wizard shirt on Shop AEW? I did see that, yes. It's awesome. What a great shirt. And then fast forward to John Moxley and Eddie Kingston picking up the victory over Private Party. Yep. Chris Jericho was on commentary. William Regal was on commentary. The ending, eh. Now, I feel they like, said, the elbows, like Jericho, the elbows might have, should have ended the match instead of the paradigm shift, but. You got to get the paradigm shift in there. That's the finisher. The the elbows. But afterwards was the bigger thing. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley ran up the ramp to fight with the Jericho Appreciation Society and Brian Danielson hobbled down. He was, supposed to, he was supposed to be in that tag team match, but they took him out because he has an injury. Right. So that's why they took him out. Who, who's to say that he's going to be there on on, uh, on Sunday at Double or Nothing? Maybe so we'll see Cesaro it's, come in. Is it not? It's a five-on-five, five, though. Anarchy in the arena, yes, at Double or Nothing. Moxley, Brian Danielson, Santana Ortiz, and Kingston versus Jericho Appreciation Society. That's also something like unfortunate because it's their it's bullet bullet club the the blackpool combat club's first like big actual match and their whole thing was like oh we're gonna train younger people we're gonna take them under our wings they spent a few weeks where wheeler yuda's turning on the best friends joins the blackpool combat club goes through everything and then their first big match he's he's booked in japan so what's i think that's very unfortunate What's bigger, being on an AEW pay-per-view in a five-minute match or being one of the top guys in Block A for best In the United Festus- States? It's, no, it's in Japan. Double or nothing. No, in the United States, so I'm saying But in, in the wrestling landscape. It's how still many, double or nothing. I think it's the best of the Super Juniors. It's the Blackpool Combat how many Club's people, first How many big... people have come out of the best of the Super Juniors better than they were when they went in? And the fact that Wheeler Yuta is number three in Block A is a big, big time deal, especially for him. Yes, I know he's a seasoned veteran, but being a guy that's just making his name, being in there with all of the, being one of the, as a, again, I said it four times in the past minute, being one of the, the top gaijin in the Super Juniors is outstanding. And it's a great thing. And you can't give that up, especially with AEW's partnership now going into Forbidden Door. You want to have an AEW representative in there. What better guy than Will Yuta, your ROH Pure Champion, member of, one of the hottest uh, trios right now in all elite wrestling. It, is, it saying, is it unfortunate? As far as it goes, for is it, their is it first unfortunate? Big match. Is it unfortunate? It's very. It's unfortunate. Yes. It's a big match. But Wheeler Yuta is getting his time to shine, and he's getting to learn his craft more. He's already been to Japan, and he gets to go over there in, in such a prestigious tournament. So I'm about it. I could care less. Let's continue on. ROH World Tag Champion match. Real awesome here. Uh, unfortunately, went to a DQ between Dax and Cash. FTR versus Rapunky Vice because you have Jeff Cobb and Grado Khan come out. Caprice and Coleman, by the way, on commentary. Yeah, by the way, awesome. Very, very cool. And I like the fact that they're using these Ring of Honor regulars. They use the Enrique Abani, Bobby Cruz. They use all, for, for any Ring of Honor championship match. Um, and now, like, the Forbidden Door, this is kind of seeding into Forbidden Door, which is cool. Having Jeff yeah, Cobb. for this... 
yeah, fans were definitely like loving this match, and then it gets interrupted I it was great. by that. Uh, no contest. I don't. Um, I feel like it could have ended differently, but Jim Ross, I feel like had no idea who Great O'Connor was. I didn't know who he was either. Oh, I see. I knew of him because everybody hates him on the internet for some reason. Although yeah, now, with all his pictures coming out from Las Vegas, he's like a, a, a legend now. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, so that took place. I, I don't. I don't know if it'll eventually lead to. Rapungi Vice versus United Empire or what? FT, I think I it might know, be FTR, FTR is going versus to be. United Empire. Uh, it, it could be FTR versus uh, United Empire. The way commentary made it sound, it was like it's not FTR, it's Rapungi. Or maybe it'd just be another triple threat match for the ROH Tag Team titles. <laughs> Perhaps, who knows? Well, this is the first time for the ROH Tag Team title. Um, but after that, we saw the Hardys backstage basically saying that they've been better than the Young Bucks at every point in their career. They're still better than the Young Bucks. Jeff Hardy does a terrible goat impersonation. He did a goat? Yeah, he did a goat. Why do I? Oh, oh yes. Okay. Come on, Jeff Hardy Mark. I was, I was wondering, yes, right, yes. But yeah, that was basically just set up for double or nothing. Fine. Yep. I, I hope the Hardys go it. over. They won't. Um, AEW triple threat action as Swerve Strickland picks up the victory over Ricky Starks and Jumble Boy in a three-way. These guys will all be a part of the AEW tag team title match this coming Sunday at Double or Nothing. Um, and this is a real fun match to watch. Again, I like the, the start where Swerve went to shake Jungle Boy's hand and Ricky Starks pushed him into Jungle Boy. Yeah. And then tried to win right away. Obviously, didn't win right away. But, but what I like and I said it last week, is all three of these teams have the big guy and little guy component to their team. I don't want to say little guy, but smaller, more athletic guys. And it was cool to see these three guys do their thing. I would love if on Rampage they did Keith Lee versus Luchasaurus versus Powerhouse Hobbs, but I know that's not going to happen. Um, so, but this I is mean, great, it could. It, it could, but a great way, to, great way to hype up uh, the this tag team match that's going to happen. I like Swerve landing on his feet from the, the Poison Rana. Yes. The top rope Poison Rana. I thought that was nice. Uh, Ricky Starks, though, hits the Rochambeau on Swerve Scott. Uh, Swerve Strickland, sorry. And Jungle Boy locks him in the snare trap. Yeah. I didn't understand why Jungle Boy had to break the, the hold for the ropes. That didn't make sense to me. It was a triple threat match. But maybe. But Swerve tri- picks up the victory. Hobbs comes out afterwards, lays out Swerve. Jungle Boy goes after him. Luchasaurus comes out, goes after him. Keith Lee finally makes him makes his way out. Luchasaurus, Hobbs, start, stop, stop fighting, and waited for Keith Lee to get in the ring, and then they all brawled. That's it. Dan Lambert, we spoke about earlier. He's he's got a custom championship for Scorpio Sky coming. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Next up, Thunder Rosa yep. comes out without her paint as Shows Mel. a different side to her. And she's like, I'll be wearing my war paint on Sunday. Since she's won the championship back in March, I think she's been on TV for like 12 minutes. Uh, what do you, do you have a stopwatch by the, the TV? No, I think that's what it is. And then they played her off before she was done. Yeah, they, they, they hyped her up for the match. They got the, they showcased, they showcased her. I, and as I said last week, um, this has been more of a mental feud 
than it has been a physical. There's been a lot of back and forth between Serena Deeb and and Thunder Rosa. On Sunday, it's time to put up or shut up. Next up after this, you had the semifinals for the uh, we don't have to, we don't really don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk about every single promo. Jesus Christ. Um, Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament action. Britt Baker picks up the wi- victory over Tony Storm. I know a lot of people are very very upset about this. Um, you, you had to have Jamie Hayter get involved, uh, and it Ooh, was the crowd great. was split. And Britt grabbed the ropes to and heelish way to pin Tony Storm. So she advances to the finals. Yeah. So um, I know. Everybody wanted Tony Storm to win this, but, you know, Britt Baker's kind of your face of the women's division, so what better way to have her in the finals? And can we just spoil it right here? Chris Statlander's going on to the finals, right? I was going to say, I can only assume Ruby Soho's winning the tournament. Why? Who won that match between Chris? I didn't see Ramp and Ramp. It's live. Oh, it's live? Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay, so I thought it was, I thought it was taped on. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're, they're in Vegas for the week. Um, all right. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping Chris Statlander goes on to win the entire thing because there's a great way to build her up. You know, I feel like there's been a lot of starts and stops with her. Um, so this is a bit best way to push her to the moon. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that. And then but I'll, I'll stand by the only person that should have won the tournament was Tony Storm. Okay, you can get you can get back on your soapbox there, Brandon. Uh, next My up after this, box? yeah, there you go. You know, people say when you stand on your soapbox, you're trying to preach out to the world. What um, is a soapbox? Um, something that they keep soap in. <laughs> so next what is up, a cracker barrel. May, uh, yeah, stand on top of your cracker barrel, Brandon. Uh, next <laughs> up, the Ring of Honor World TV Champion Samoa Joe defeated Kyle O'Reilly in the semifinals for the men's tournament. So now it's going to be Samoa Joe facing off against Adam Cole in the finals this Samoa Sunday. Joe. What? The only person I think should win that tournament, Adam Cole. Yeah, it's it's really the only way. But like again, like why would you have your TV champion who's been so dominant lose? But I get it. I mean, I. I but that's the thing. We have the like we don't know with Satnam Singh, with um, Sanjay Dutt, and with Jay Lethal. Yeah. They. I. How could they not factor into that match? For sure. Adam Cole comes out. They do like a face to face from the ramp to the ring. And that's it. Out of this whole tournament, I think the most surprising name to not be in it was Brian Pillman Jr. Why? I just feel like his name is connected to Owen Hart in some way. Brian Pillman is, but not Brian Pillman yeah, Jr. Yeah, but his I mean his namesake is Pillman. Yes. So I feel like he's a hundred percent connected. I know a lot of people thought the Joker in the, the match last week against Samoa Joe was about to be Harry Smith, but Oh, I saw a lot of people at Cesaro. People are saying Johnny Gargano, but... Yeah, I saw that. Obviously, a lot of people... Johnny Elite pops up on the screen. People lose their minds and then stop cheering once John Morrison comes out. But... I thought John Morrison was great. Uh, it was an off match. I don't think it was an off match. I, I, I guess you didn't listen to the product last week. Just like when you tweeted and said there was no WWE talk. Um, no, that, I didn't say there wasn't any WWE talk. No Raw, no SmackDown. No there NXT wasn't thing. Raw, SmackDown, but or there, but there was a big... Spoke about Sasha Banks and Naomi. Which happened on Monday Night Raw, brother. No, 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 that's not... Yep, that's it. If you want to be... If you, if you want to be... Double ready. or nothing taking place at the T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, big and million dollar gate for this. Bravo to AEW. Hookhausen and Tony Nice versus uh, Hookhausen facing Tony Nice and Smart Mark. That's uh, fun to see Smart Mark working again. Yeah, I, well, I saw him work. Uh, two Hookhausen, one hundred percent working, uh, going over. I mean, 
Oh yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. There's 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 no a way around it uh, that because you can't have Hook lose yet. You got to have Dan Housen get the uh, get his vengeance. You could say. We don't know what an anarchy in the arena match is, though, right? They never told us, right? No, they didn't. But I'm assuming that it's going to be the Blackpool Combat Club and uh, Santana Ortiz and Kingston picking up the victory there. Yeah. Okay, so there's that. Uh, you have Jade Cargill defending the TBS Championship against Anna Jay. I'm saying Jade Cargill. Yeah, I think that's 100%. I the, feel like this match was rushed, right? No, not at all. They've been kind of seeding it for the past couple of weeks. And... I think was it on Dynamite this week? Jade, Jade finally mentioned it. it's like you're gonna get your shot finally, and she's gonna get she's gonna lose. So, um, a match that I think might be a show stealer: the House of Black facing off against Death Triangle. Um, it's really kind of hard to say who wins here because the House I'm gonna of say House of Black. All right, I'll say I'll say you know I'm gonna say Death Triangle because you kind of you have Phoenix back now, you have Penta, you have Penta there, and you have Pac, and you know I feel like the House of Black has had their cards. You know, pun kind of intended, since it's double or nothing and it's in Vegas for a very long time. So now it's time for the Death Triangle to get uh, to get over here. So you're gonna have also to the Hardys versus the Young Bucks in a tag team dream match. Um, I'm gonna I gotta say the, say the Hardys because I gotta believe. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Hardys. <laughs> I too, believe I, you though, and I feel like the Young Bucks are gonna win. But no, I was gonna say the Hardys too because I just don't want the Young Bucks to win. Yeah. Uh, MJF and Wardlow singles match. If Wardlow wins, he is released from his contract. Uh, if MJF wins, Wardlow will be permanently banned from signing with AW. I'm saying Wardlow. Ten power bombs for the ten lashes that he took. Yeah, I think it's got to yeah. be Wardlow. Yeah. Uh, in the finals of the Owen Hart Women's uh, Tournament, it's going to be Britt Baker versus either Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. Um, I'm hoping that it's Chris Statlander, and I'm hoping Chris Statlander <laughs> wins the entire thing. What if we're both wrong and it's Britt Baker? I'm gonna say I, Ruby like, Soho. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't put it past them because, again, like, Britt Baker, you know, was your AEW Women's Champion. She's a focal point of your, but like, that's weird because then you have your main event where, like, we both think that Adam Cole's gonna win, so you're gonna have Adam Cole and Britt Baker, you know, yeah. uh, a real life shoot wrestling couple win the respective tournament, their respective tournaments, and they're not gonna put them together. You know, they uh, which did, I don't, I don't think that's necessary. You don't I don't need think that it's necessary either. I say it all the time. We have, have seen have them together on TV, con- though. Yeah, they, but they did, did do that one, hot, one week. They did it for one hot shot, and that was yeah. it. And as I say, and I say every single week, and I'll stand on my soapbox about this: every single wrestling couple doesn't have to work together. Yeah, no, I don't think if they win the the Owen Hart tournament together, I don't think they need to be on TV together. If they want to take pictures with their cool trophies or whatever they're getting on social media, that's awesome. Good for them. They don't have to be on TV because Britt Baker's got her whole squad with Reba and Jamie Hayter. Adam Cole has a super elite. Don't combine them. Um, it, it sucks because, like, Tony Storm was on, like, the up and up. Ruby Soho, for a long time now, fizzled out. So now that she could potentially be in this finals and potentially win, I feel like hopefully she does win and then goes back to where she was where when she first came into AEW. Who? Ruby Soho? Ruby Soho. Yeah, okay. I, 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 mean, like, I, I could say the same thing with Chris Statlander, obviously, but Soho, I think, is more of like a, a, an upper name than Statlander right now. Yeah, but I feel like, like AEW has done a very good job of kind of holding on to their, their you want to say, kind of homegrown talent. So, like, you know, right now, Jade Cargill, homegrown talent, your TBS champion. Tag team champions right now are FTR, uh, are not FTR. No, Who's the tag? Luchasaurus. AD- yeah, Luchasaurus and Jump Boy. Another, I, yes, I know they got their names on the indies, but they're kind of keeping, 
you know, the, the focal point around their homegrown stars and bringing in these WWE stars to kind of like help and build, you know, certain aspects of their team. Um, also to, so like with Thunder Rosa, Serena D, but so Thunder Rosa is going to pick up the victory there. I would love to see Serena D because I think she's an outstanding talent, but again, I think Thunder Rosa is going to do it until Thunder Rosa hundred percent needs that win. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. Absolutely. So then she can come out next week on, on Dynamite and be like, see, I'm still a great champion. And then bring somebody new into the fold. Maybe bring Jay Carter. Who, who are you picking for Adam Cole and Joe? Adam Cole? Yeah, it has to be Adam Cole. As much as I feel like it would be a detriment to having your Ring of Honor TV champion lose in such a, a big prestigious tournament, I understand that you know they have they didn't put the World Heavyweight strap on Adam Cole. You know they haven't really they have to give him something. Should the winner of those tournaments get a title shot? Like, Absolutely. will if if Ruby Soho wins the the championship or the the tournament, does she go at Thunder Rosa? If Adam Cole wins, does he go at potentially Adam Page? Yeah, but Run that they... match back. Yeah, because that that would work. Because Adam Cole, he did say he's like, I'm not going to stop until I get my championship. Because I won this tournament. You know, I'm in the line for a championship match. So you say MJF should be the next champion. What if Adam Cole potentially is? Um, it's May. All Out is in September. There is a lot of time to have a tag team championship match. I mean, have an AEW World Championship match. Or, you know, what is there? What's What do they do in the middle of the summer? What's that event that they had last year? Like Beach Break? No, it wasn't Beach Break. They had something well, like the middle of I mean, summer the summer. What? The only thing we know right now is is uh, Forbidden Door. Well, that's before All Out. That's in, that's next month. But they have to kind of hype. I up. don't think they had they they wouldn't have had in the middle of the summer. I think it might have just been a, a special event. I think. Oh, there's also there. I'm assuming there'll probably be a Battle of the Belts coming up soon as well. Right. Um, but I mean, they never put the main title on that. Why? Why? Why wouldn't they? I, they haven't. It's always been like goofy. So here's um, the FTW title. Yeah, but the FTWs they're using it, which is great. Um, I don't see anything. I'm looking at their things right now on their website. I think it's just Forbidden Doors next. Forbidden Doors as of right now is June 26th. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Jurassic Express, Team Taz, Keith Lee, and and Swerve Strickland. I thought was gonna definitely get some sort of stipulation to it, but no. But it's good. This is gonna be a fun match too. Um, I'm gonna make a bold prediction here. Keith Lee and Swerve, new tag team champions. I think I think they could definitely pick it up, and then Christian that starts his like screw you guys, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding my I own tag am, team partner. I'm going to say Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Who who's Christian going to tag with? I don't know. I would say Edge, but you know he's uh, well, he's the Antichrist tied now. up. Uh, and then the main event, AEW World Championship on the line. Hangman Adam Page taking place uh, or taking on uh, CM Punk. I'm going to say Hangman Adam Page. I'm saying Hangman Adam Page, too, because... Uh, Fingers are beyond crossed. I, listen, there's a lot more important things in life to to, to be really upset about CM Punk. Uh, what do you I'm not going to be pissed off if CM Punk wins the AEW Championship. But, like, here's here's the thing, but too. But then they're going to force feed. It's like, that's like, they're going to... If, if CM Punk wins it, it's going to be like Kenny Omega, where it's like... I'm sick and tired of this. And, and hello, we're going into summer. I Everyone's know. like, we need the summer of punk. We need the summer of punk. They got the we summer don't. of punk last year. We don't need the summer of punk. You know what you need? You need Kenta to come out 
and, <laughs> and yes, but... cause CM Punk to win. So then you have <laughs> GTS versus GTS at Forbidden Door. That would be awesome. So, or you have CM Punk win, and you do the double the double swerve. CM Punk's the heel bad guy, and then you have MJF be the the uber babyface going into All Out. But uh, you know they have to kind of set up. They have a month. It's not like you know they have this Forbidden Door show. And AEW has four big events a year. So they have time to like kind of build storylines and stuff like that. No, because now after this, they have to go right to Forbidden Door. And then, boom, you have two months to go into All Out. So Forbidden Door is under a month away. And that's I, that I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Because we, we know absolutely nothing. So it has to like as soon as this gets done. So like that to me, that's like a rush thing. That's like four weeks or so. WWE has paper premium live events every single month. So no, how they, is... have, they have two in in July, which is ridiculous. I know. What is it? The Castle one? Or what is no, that? no, that's in September. They have Money in the Bank, and then they have SummerSlam in July this year. Oh, why is it in just July? Um, I maybe because of the the UK show. Okay, I don't know. True. But it's it's that's I think dumb also. But to me, that could potentially set up where Cody wins the Money in the Bank, and then Madison Square Garden is a stop right before SummerSlam. No, you can't. It, it's gonna be Roman Reigns versus The Rock next year at WrestleMania. So yeah, nope. but I don't think that match needs a title. Yeah, it does. Um, I don't think so at all. Yeah, it does. Hogan because... and Rock didn't have a title. The first Cena and, and Rock, no title. But the, the Roman Reigns has had the title on him for freaking eight years. Yeah, I understand. But if you want to, I mean, you, you have the countdown clock that AEW fans hate on Cody Rhodes. Uh, if you want to push him, there's no better place. Madison Square Garden. He talks about it all the time. Yeah. Okay. That takes place July 25th, and then SummerSlam is the that weekend, so... Summerfest. Yeah. I'll yeah. see you at the Summerfest. Yeah, SummerSlam. Great. High-pitched uh, Brock. Jeremy Brock. Piven is too busy being at SummerFest. The worst. Uh, <laughs> all right. So funny. So, yep, that's it. Do you have a uh, match of the week? I do. Let's hit that bumper right about now. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week, uh, again, goes back to Creative Pro Wrestling, the grand stage. You have Aaron Rourke defending his Cap TV championship against VSK. You also have him defending it against Bobby Orlando. And then you also have him defending it against who was the fourth person in that match. I feel like a real big Larry right now that I forgot it. Oh, man. Let's see. Create a pro. Boom. Who was it? Bear Bronson. There we go. The fourth guy in that <laughs> we match. We spoke they, about him they, earlier, too. Yeah, No, we spoke about Bear Boulder. Oh, right. My yes, bad. get your bears right here. Yeah, uh, my, 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 but I, I went back and I was able to rewatch the event this week uh, that I went to and that I spoke about in full detail last week. Um, and it was it was awesome. So, you know, last week was my the, the, the women's triple threat match was my uh, match of the week. This week, it's the, the four-way. So go check it out. It's on IWTV. Ten bucks a month. Best ten bucks you'll spend. Uh, and on that note, uh, I guess we can get to Brandon and his shoutouts. Why did the chicken cross the road to listen to Brandon's shoutouts? Waka waka. What's the status? Gets another 
big shout out this week because previously I, I gave him a shout out. They were the one getting all the, the my rise and my faction characters and allowing them to be downloaded and used for like normal modes because exhibition for whatever reason, my rise and my faction superstars were exclusive. And a lot of people complained to 2k about that. And last week, they released the brand new DLC pack with Cactus Jack, Vader, Indy Hartwell, um, uh, Boogeyman. And I feel like I'm missing one other person. But 2K, they... So, before that took place, they started deleting those My Rise and My Faction characters from Community Creations. And they were like, you can't upload this anymore. Why? And, well, with this latest update, they added Shinsuke Nakamura from My Rise. They added King Corbin. They added Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and uh, Dijakovic, King Booker, and Old Man HBK. So that's why, I guess. So the My Faction guys are still exclusive to My Faction. I guess we're still going to try to hound 2K to let us get them. Mm-hmm. But I think a big reason, aside from everybody complaining, is what's the status? And I truly think he's one of the MVPs of, of 2K22, so people should definitely follow him on, on Twitter. And I, I mean, think it's still, such a... I was going to say he's still posting like the actual models and stuff. If you want Hulk Hogan, bald, no bandana, he's your guy. There's 97 Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. get it before they get deleted yeah i think that's all aw- I, I don't know i think it's awful that people have to create these uh characters in order to get them and they're not just automatically included especially yeah. when they have this stuff in there yeah there's four Shawn michaels models in the game but we're only right now because of this latest update we only have two of them yeah so that that sucks and then there were other people mustafa ali would have been one of the people in the the my rise that we didn't get. Um, Gargano was another one, and he speculates that it's because maybe they were they were going to be leaving. Mm. So we didn't get Gargano. We didn't. Road Dog had a, a another old man Road Dog. We didn't get him. He's no longer with the company. But what's the status? Definitely an, uh, an MVP here. Yeah. Next shout-out's going to Tig Nataro Drawn, which is her new special. I don't know when it came out. It's got to be somewhat recent because it was under the new releases of uh, the JetBlue options. But I, I got to watch this on the airplane, and I just think it's so good. I think Tig is fantastic. And... I, Yeah, I, I mean, Tig, I, I just know her from the Ellen DeGeneres show. I thought you were going to say Conan. No. No, no, just Ellen DeGeneres show, and she's very. I like her dry humor, and usually I'm not a fan of dry humor, but I like her delivery. Yeah. So the special is her stand up, but it's all animated, and every joke is a different animation style. So, I just thought it was a really good special. I thought I liked the concept. It kind of reminded me of when Ricky Gervais had the. The show Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington, I for the life of me can't remember what it was called, but they animated the Ricky Gervais podcast. Huh. 
So I like that. Uh, so everyone, you can check that out. I think it's on uh, HBO, maybe. Maybe it's on Netflix. I don't know at this point. But my last shout-out is going to Chippendale Rescue Rangers. We spoke about it two weeks ago, how we forgot to talk about it with the markout moment of the week. But it's literally, it was released last week on Disney+, Plus, and I thought this movie was fantastic. It's so bizarre. It's really entertaining. The cameos work. They they they're like shocking cameos as well, to the point where it's like, how the hell did Disney pull this off? So. I I know that I want to see it really really bad. I saw bits and pieces of like I saw Rod uh, Roger Rabbit, yeah, in a commercial, and, and we, I haven't. Yeah, we already like. When they announced everything, we knew Roger Rabbit would be in with the original voice actor. We knew Paula Abdul was going to be uh, de-aged for the movie. So she's in it. And we knew via the trailer that we were going to get some Nickelodeon cartoons in this, which is, like, bizarre. It's such a Roger Rabbit thing where you had Warner Brothers and Disney combining. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is incredible I haven't seen it yet, but I really am excited to see it. I I mean, come on. You have Ugly Sonic. <laughs> yeah, that blew up all over the internet this week. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, I, such a, I, it's a fun blast of nostalgia. And I really hope that we get more of this. I would 100% welcome a sequel. Yeah. I just thought it was so well done. So... But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Markout Moment of the Week! That is right, our Markout Moment of the Week. While I was on the topic of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, I really feel like I have to say that I'm big time marked out over all the cameos. I'm That's sure. a non wrestling one. 100%. I would totally, I would totally mark out for all of those uh, as well. Um, it's hard not to mark out for that stuff. I marked out for uh, the new trailer for Thor, um, where they showed the new villain. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Gore. Yeah. Gore. Pretty easy to remember Gore. because of Gore. Rhino. <laughs> Different spelling. It's like but... Gore, Gore the God Killer or something like that. Yeah, he's going to go after killing all the gods. Yeah, and it's Christian Bale. Is Loki uh, a god? Yeah. Right. Loki's a god. Loki's so a god. I'm he's assuming god he's going to be in it. I haven't, we haven't seen him in a trailer, but. Yeah, he's the god of mischief. Um, yeah, I am really looking forward to that movie. I marked out for that. And I also marking out, I haven't seen it yet, but I know I'm going to mark out for it. Before you but, say, wait, before you say it, the end of the trailer where uh-huh. Thor gets naked, where his clothes <laughs> fly off and all the women faint, I thought it was really funny. And I will have a very hard time believing that we don't see a Funko Pop of naked Thor. <laughs> They're like all pixelated. Yeah, they. I know they have one with Meredith from The Office like that. That would so. be funny. Yeah, that would be really, really funny. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But go on. 
Oh, um, hold on. You lost my train of thought. Oh, <laughs> um, Mission Impossible 7. What? The, yeah, the new Mission Impossible trailer. Top Gun 9? Top Gun I'm not, like, big with, but the Mission Impossible one, it just... The trailer just came out today. I haven't seen it yet, but I am going to watch it, and I am so excited for that. I'm a huge mark for the entire franchise, and I'm looking forward to that. Hmm. And and that that definitely got me to mark up because I'm looking forward to to seeing it. Well, I don't know if it was me necessarily marking out or not, but it's definitely a moment of me maybe being a mark that involves Alexa Bliss's new theme song. And I mentioned earlier, the internet on the cruise ship was god-awful. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really able to watch all of Monday Night Raw, but on Twitter I, I saw like clips and stuff. And one of those clips was Alexa Bliss's new theme song. And it was like low-quality sound, so right as, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, this sounds like... It might be Avril Lavigne. And Mm. Avril Lavigne being at her wedding had me thinking like this, this has to be Avril Lavigne, but why is nobody saying that? Uh Uh-huh. Like, why is WWE not saying it? Why is Alexa Bliss not saying it? I don't understand. And then on a second listen, when I had like clear internet, I thought maybe it was the same chick who sang Johnny Gargano's Rebel Heart theme. Mm-hmm. So I like looked up to see who she was. I found her Twitter account, tweeted her to it. ask her, and she said no. But in the past, she denied doing Gargano's theme song, even after tweeting about doing Gargano's theme song and deleting it. Maybe contract. So, she can't. I'm saying, I don't know if I'm being kayfabed here, or maybe it actually is Avril Lavigne. I have no idea. But it kind of sounds like the the same voice in Rebel Heart. You should uh, tweet tweet out Avril. The end of my line is at that singer. Yeah. I have nowhere else to go. WWE Music Group, until they put it up on on Apple Music or something, I'm not going to know. And even then, it might not even include the singer. Yeah, you definitely uh, should tweet it. But people are going around Twitter saying... Hey, by the way, there's this uh, rumor that Avril Lavigne wrote this song for Alexa Bliss. But there's no proof that Avril Lavigne wrote and sang this song. No. <laughs> so I have no idea. But that is the uh, the markout moment of the week. Take uh, it home. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to Marking Out episode 590. You can follow us on Twitter at Marking Out, at BTTG161, at DavidPTDPT. That's the same for both of us on Instagram. Chris Sweendog on Twitter, CMSweeney85 on Instagram, YouTube.com slash Marking Out11. Um, that is the same for our Instagram. Facebook.com slash marking out. Check us out. Pro slash marking out. Use the code Memorial22 to get 20% off until Monday for Memorial Day. So I hope everybody enjoys Memorial Day. Um and then yeah, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com, TikTok at Marking Out, and we wish you. You could see some uh some clips from my cruise. Yeah, check it out. 
we wish you the... The... Happy birthday to me. Yay. Best, Best of luck, luck in, in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Bye. Bye.